Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Hone sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, daughters of the nine moons? Welcome to another Wheel of Time review starring myself, Stephen, Caden, our first time reader, and Jake, our Wheel of Time expert. Right, Jake, expert? No, but I'll take it. <laughs> okay, good. Glad to hear you agree. Yes, I am. Uh, I've, I've read the series twice. Jake has read it, uh, what, more than that? And Caden's our first time through. So there's not going to be any spoilers for anything past Crossroads of Twilight, book 10, which we are, we are reviewing now. So if you're not past that don't worry we're not going to do any spoilers or, or Caden will hunt us down along with yourself uh listener uh, but uh, so so crossroads of twilight so i guess we just have to start with this we'll try not to make this review too much about like is it the slog is it not the slog so we better just get it out of the way right now is book 10 the slog yeah yes it definitely yeah, is for sure i tried reading it both like <laughs> listening to it and then i switched to like a physical copy then went back to listening to it at like 2.5 speed and then back to like it was just hard to get through overall and didn't you actually have to go to a, a different book at the same time in order to maintain interest <laughs> i may or may not have read i think last podcast i was up to like book seven of the dresden files and i read the other 10 wall that's right yeah yeah the rest of the dresden files <laughs> i read the, the other 10 <laughs> <laughs> and and a couple other books as well so there's probably a big wow. gap. It's probably been a couple months, but uh, I apologize. But it, it was a little rough. Well, we can assure you that the series, the, the next four books, 11, 12, 13, 14, all very good. All very good entries in the Wheel of Times. So keep on going. Yeah. If you've made it this far, if you've made it this far, you, you literally cannot stop. Or you're just doing yourself a disservice because you've made it through 10 books. I mean, 10, 10 good books. Eh, Crest was a Twilight debatable. But uh, at this point, you know, you're in for a treat here with the ending of the series. Yeah, that's true. I've liked all the other, the other nine. So, and for everyone, everyone says the rest are good. So I'm looking forward to it. So before we uh, start our review, if you like what you're hearing here on Phantology, we do have, like Caden said, reviews of the previous nine. We will have time books. We will be doing the rest of the series as Caden finishes. And we've also reviewed the Dresden Files in detail, as well as things like Joe Abercrombie, Harry Potter, uh, what else? Stormlight, a lot of Stormlight stuff. Not enough Mistborn stuff. Really like all of the main, um, all of the main fantasy stuff is out there on Phantology's website. Now which you can find at www.phantologybooks.com and you can support the show on patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. Um, and, you know, just, just listen and follow along. Um, give our YouTube a sub, maybe, if you want to be a friend of the show. Good. Okay, well, let's get started. Let's get started then. Uh, and, and actually, since we're talking about Wheel of Time, so Kanan, did you know that tomorrow there's a teaser trailer? This is, as we record, it is September 1st. So September 2nd, there will be our first teaser trailer look at the Wheel of Time TV show. I am actually a lot more excited about this than I was like 
a year ago when you I think there was a podcast at one point where we talked about it and I was kind of like iffy but it was right during like the sixth episode or the sixth book where that was a little hard for me I'm a lot more pumped about the show now okay also okay. having seen a couple of the other teaser things they put out on Twitter yeah I was just going through all the um, all the teaser things with uh, my wife she just finished the first book and so she's pretty hyped for the show right now okay way to, way to go Emily yeah if trying to convince her to do <laughs> Uh, to do a video with us of um, a, a much needed female's perspective of the wheel of time. Yeah, we need that for sure. One of the calling cards or, or like one of the main talking points for the show that I've seen on a lot of uh, little articles that are now circulating since the Entertainment Weekly article is that it's uh, a show with the matriarchal society and the, the female um, users of the magic are kind of the ones in charge. So yeah, we definitely need, we definitely need a, a female perspective on this series. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think that's true. And I'm not sure how much of that really comes through in book one, which she's only read the first one, but it looks like the show is going to be really um, focusing on that from the very beginning. So it's going to be cool. And it doesn't help that their biggest name actor happens to be the lead. I said, I, right. You gotta, you gotta yeah. play it up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's the Sean Bean, Ned Stark angle for your fantasy TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see the trailer tomorrow. We'll, I don't know if you want to talk to us about it. You can hop on Discord. Um, I don't. I don't think we're planning on doing anything special for the trailer itself, but we will do episodes on the episodes of the TV show in November when that comes out. But let's talk about Crossroads of Twilight now. So you didn't like it, Caden? I there were parts I liked, parts I didn't. Actually, the closer that I got to the end of the book, the more like. Nothing really happened in the book. There were some plot points that were interesting. I honestly think, I, yeah, I know we've beaten the Elaine politics course many a time, but that part was just yeah. really long in this book, yeah. like way longer than any other book. Yeah, there's a really strong, or maybe not strong, but there is a there is a cliffhanger at the end of the book. Oh yeah, it is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. There is that kind, of, and I, I actually, again, I always liked Matt. I thought Matt's there wasn't very much Matt in the book, but the parts that were there, I thought were interesting. Not, not the usual level of excitement, but mm -hmm. uh, something. Yeah. This one has like three or four chunks, three or four chapters in chunks of different characters. Matt was like right at the beginning and then a long break. And then right at the end of the book and the middle is mostly like Perrin, Elaine, Egwene. There's a couple of Rand chapters, but Rand is very much an absorb, an observer or, <laughs> Very much not present. I can't even say the word, but um, <laughs> he's not around as much. So Elaine was the Elaine was the downer part, and Matt was the the highlight. It sounds like I I don't know. The highlight was part of probably Egwene's chapters for me. Okay. I think even more than she's that. the one with the big cliffhanger too. So, and I honestly liked all the politics around. Like they they realize sorry we're jumping around, but that Shadow Logoth has been destroyed. And they think mm -hmm. it's the Ashamon have some crazy weapon, right? And there's all this, you know, they gather the hall and everyone's freaking out. I actually kind of really enjoyed that part of the, the politics. And so I thought I thought that was way more interesting than the Camelin politics that were going on. And then and then what that leads to at the end. I think part of it for me is there's so much more at stake with the Tarvalin politics. And so much more at stake with other politics in general in this series. And then Elaine trying to win Camelin to me felt more like 
okay, cool. Like we just need stability. It doesn't really matter if you rule Camelin or if someone yeah. else rules Camelin. Like we're trying to get ready for the last battle. Like you're, I know this is like really important to her, but part of me was like, like if you can't convince them, then that's not the end of the world. The end of the world is about to come and you need to get ready for that. That being said, I do think um, Elaine's parts do kind of set up some mystery. I think a lot of the reason why this book can be hard to get through because there's a lot of setup with not much payoff. Yeah, it's a lot of setup for, you know, the the exciting action of the last four books. And Robert Jordan was thinking after writing Knife of Dreams, like his plan was to finish A Memory of Light in, in one book. So he's writing this thinking there's only two left. We know that Sanderson ultimately took that into three books. So yeah, this does kind of feel like a setup for a, for a big ending action. Yeah. And even Perrin, like, I feel like Perrin's storyline with uh, Fayil getting captured has gone on for several books. There's at least like finally a little bit of pickup again, like we're saying. Is there? <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know. You have, some, you have some city where there's dead people appearing. So I don't know, something different at least. I think Perrin was my least favorite of this book. Like if you look at where he's at at the beginning of the book and you look at where he's at at the end of the book, the guy has made no progress. He hasn't made progress in rescuing Fael, but he there's a ton of um, character growth for him. He's finally given up the axe and he gets real dark, right? Yeah, there's a little bit at the end, but like, okay, so I was looking at uh, Dragon Mount in preparation for the episode, looking through, looking through chapter summaries. One of the chapters that he's in, the summary is literally... Perrin prepares to ride to So Harbor for supplies. Like that was the chapter, <laughs> preparing to ride somewhere. <laughs> That's not very exciting. Yeah, this things like things like this make you really excited for a TV show that can like condense all of this into. Oh, I better not see any pre- preparation to ride somewhere in a TV show. Well, but you know what I mean. Like this whole, I don't know, like this lasting three books, even though it isn't like the entirety of three books. In a TV show, they can make it a lot more compelling and easier to get through. Yeah, it could be Perrin's storyline for one season. Or an episode. <laughs> While Perrin was very boring, I feel like Egwene actually went backwards a little bit in her character growth. Because okay. I feel like, I feel like, so jumping to the ending, she gets captured. She goes over to Tarvalin. Does she turn one of, what, what is it that she does? She turns the... Uh, she goes to turn the... the so they're trying to... They're trying to, to siege, besiege Tarvalon, and they have to stop them from being resupplied via ship. So, so she turns one of the big chains um, entering for, for the gate into Quind- Quindalar. Quindalar, is that, is that correct? Quindiar. 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 Okay. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just like, I felt like, so in the, at least the first three books or four books, Rand. I don't know, at some point we, we talk a lot about how like prideful Rand is. And it was really bothering me at an early point in the series and Egwene's always getting mad at him for it. And I feel like in this book, she showed a lot of pride. Like she's kind of turning into the what he was at the beginning. I feel like a little bit where mm-hmm. she feels like she's in total control uh, as Omerlin, almost to the point where it's like it's blinded her. And I think that's why she gets captured. So kind of like her character, I think, showed a lot of weakness through what was going on she had a lot of wins i think throughout what's going on but i think she also like i think that right there shows a lot of weakness as well 
Dang, I want I want you to finish. I want you to finish the series. This is an interesting saying, take. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying she's like <laughs> the whole character is completely gone. It's not great, but I I think just like it's not a highlight book for her overall. Okay, I okay. think she's definitely stronger in in other books we've read. So, but yeah, maybe I yeah. So at at the end of the at the end of her part, she gets captured, right? Yeah. Yes. Does it say? I can't remember. Does it say? Like, do you know who's captured her? No, I think, I mean, it, I don't think it comes out and says, I thought it was the Aes Sedai in Tarvalin that captured her. I don't know who exactly, at least that I can remember. Maybe I missed it. And you just know someone betrayed her because I knew she right. was coming. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's some, you know, there's some betrayal, but outside of that, what's going to happen to her next is not clear at all. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I really enjoy what happens to her next. Like I, I enjoy her storyline from here a lot, a lot. That's good to know. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think part of why she like is solidified as so many people's favorite characters has to do with, I think her time and probably the, the last few books on through the next book, you know, without going into spoilers. I agree. Um, I think, for sure. I, th- I think it really solidifies um, her being a favorite. One thing on Egwene before we jump to a different character. So there are, there, there's a few times that Aes Sedai and her camp have been murdered by Sidene, right, Kaden? Yeah. Do yeah. you, do you know what is going on here or do you suspect at all? I can throw out something. I'm probably completely wrong. Okay. So, and, and again, I know it's been a while since we're in other books, so <laughs> I'm so excited for it. <laughs> I, I like I like when we can uh, we can try to quiz you and act like we're so smart. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear what Caden has to say. <laughs> so I I feel like there's one of the Forsaken who was like a guy impersonating a girl, like it. I thought or something like that. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Is that there's a Forsaken who is indeed killed and comes back in the opposite gender body. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's either Belthamel or Aganor. Do you remember which one, Jake? Aganor died, I thought, in the last. I, I, th- I think it's Belthamel. I think Belthamel got reincarnated as Arangar. And yeah. Yes. Um, Osangar. Aganor died. got reincarnated as Osangar. Yes. Then Aganor gets killed at Shadar Logoth by one of the other Forsaken on accident, I think. Or Osangar, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah. Arangar is still around. Yeah, and I think Arangar is the one killing the Aes Sedai. And is it, I don't know, I don't like Halima. Is that one of her like advisor or maids or something like that? Halima is, is a character. Oh yeah, she's, yeah. One, she's one of the maids, huh? So I don't know if that's who it is, but she's shady. Don't like her. Potentially could be her. I don't remember who. I probably, if I read closer, I probably would know who. Arangar is in the Aes Sedai camp, but I feel like that's who's killing the Aes Sedai. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm I like trying to theory. remember the first time I read it, if I was able to did, like even have a theory. I don't even know if I had a theory at the time. I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> There's a few little kind of mysteries, especially around Forsaken over the course of the books. Have yeah. you... Uh, wait, why can I not remember Dude. his name? Um, Asmodian. Have, have you, 
Yeah. yeah. Have you have you figured no, out who I have, yet? I have no idea. No idea who Gil Smodian. I just <laughs> so I'm like probably... at the point where I want to Google it. Like I'm, I'm I'll wait, but it'll be revealed to you. I, I think it's revealed to you. It is. I couldn't remember if it's revealed in the text in a way that was very flippantly, or if it was revealed in a like at Jordan Con very flippantly one time. I can't remember. Well, it's in the text. I think it's also like in the glossary randomly. I might be wrong. Maybe maybe that's how it was. Maybe it's in the glossary of one of the, the books. It's one of the like, later books, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. oh, cool. I'm just an idiot for not uh-huh. understanding this is happening. <laughs> eh, yeah, you'll see. Okay, so that was Egwene. Should we, uh, okay, so let's let's go off of her. Anything more on Perrin? We already, we already kind of made fun of his lack of progress, I guess. Let's talk more about his his the progress that he does make, Jake, that you referenced about kind of going darker. Yeah. So Caden, what do you so throughout the series so far, he's been he's had a couple different internal battles, which kind of represent the same struggles. Like, is he a man? Is he a wolf? And then also the I don't want to have to use the axe. I want to use the hammer because the hammer can be used to create things and the axe is only for killing, et cetera. Like, I feel like those two internal battles are representative of his, like a, same, a similar struggle. But what do you think, like his progress in this book, um, him chopping off the uh, prisoner's hand and throwing away the axe, did that stick out to you as important? If so, like what, why do you think this is important or not important for him? And how does it, how should it affect his character moving forward? Yeah. Uh, interesting question. To me, it kind of felt like the climax of, or a lot of his like internal, right? Like I felt like he, yeah, like you said, he went really dark, right? Completely just like him wanting Fayil back that made him do something. I don't think I ever would have thought he would do previously. And that thought, I feel like that thought is why he threw away his axe, right? So what will that do for his character going forward? I don't know, because I feel like he's still leading this army. He still has to get Fayol back. I feel like he can't get out of this without fighting anyway. So if anything, I just feel like the conflict greater overall. Like I feel like nothing has resolved at all and just put it at like he has to make a choice and, and decide which way he's going to go. That's that's honestly how I felt like when I read it. I was like, okay, I, I can tell this is supposed to be a very symbolic and important gesture, but I didn't really feel like it meant anything because he wasn't turning to a life of pacifism. He was going to use his hammer to kill people just as dead as an ax would kill them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so I remember kind of being frustrated with that. I do. I did really like the whole seeing him like kind of devolve into this darker version, understandably so. Like I thought it really fit with um, just what was happening around him and like like I, it was very realistic, but I just didn't really feel like the throwing with the axe was as impactful as the action made it seem like it was. Yeah, I agree. And then he just kind of gets bailed out because uh, Talonbar comes back. He's like, oh, the, the Sean Chan are here. And now we're thinking that this is somehow going to maybe get us out of the, the bad situation because now there's another player on the field. I guess we'll see what happens, but seems like a situation where i don't know it just kind of works out like the plot there's some plot armor here that just kind of makes it work out for him yeah it seems like okay we can't have the shanshin come a little too early because he still needs to go through this character growth but as soon as he hits that box then okay now we can bring in the cavalry 
also again sorry back to the the axe versus the hammer thing it's not i think it would have been more compelling if i guess they do kind of hit on this like in the first book he goes in like a rage when he kills the white cloaks mm-hmm. when right after meeting with elias but i i think they could have played that up more like he goes into this like bloodthirsty barbarian type rage and like bloody nine that be, bloody nine rage. yeah like bloody nine style <laughs> yeah and having that be more of a conflict of like he hates it that he like acts this mm. way and then like and having the acts represent that whereas other than like a few times he's been very justified anytime he's committed violence and he seems to be pretty measured while committing the violence so i guess to me that's why it wasn't as impactful you're having a hard time believing the axe is really all that bad yeah like i'm like an axe in your hand is a great thing (laughs) like (laughs) i don't i guess i just don't see the difference between him with Mm. the axe in his hand and him with the hammer in his hand well, I feel like this is the first time in this book that he like actually lost control. Like, I feel like he hasn't really. Yeah. Like, to what you're saying, right? This was the first time. Like, yeah. it was like, why did you cut this guy's hand off? Like, what was really the point here? Like, you knew that wasn't going to do anything. But yeah. Okay, Elaine. On to Elaine. So uh, she has twins. She has twins now. The Sea Folk Windfinder is able to tell her that, and she makes a little deal with the Sea Folk to help out her besieged city. I guess this. This book could have been called, uh, you know, the two towers a little bit here with uh, Camelin and Tarvalon both under siege. Uh, maybe there's a little bit. I don't know. Is, is there a little bit of a crossover there? Maybe. Um, and so, <laughs> so, so the sea folk are going to help you out. We we're doing some politics, blah blah blah. I don't know. What's the redeeming stuff about Elaine here? Anything? I think the Hanlon stuff is really cool. What did you, what did you think, Caden? Um. And maybe I missed what the Hanlon stuff was, but just the fact, like, he's the one that everyone thinks is the the father of the twins, right? Yeah. That She's protecting just, him. Yeah. But we know he's up to no good. and We know he's meeting. He's consorting with dark friends. Yeah. Yeah, was there more I was supposed to get out of that? that I... I don't think not yet. Just okay. that, just the the intrigue, how she's she's unaware of it, obviously. And you don't think she fully trusts him, but she's letting um, these rumors spread. So I feel like to some extent, she must be kind of trusting of him to let him be known as the father. I don't know. I think that's true. I also think it's kind of selfish because she doesn't want people to know it's Rand as well. And so I think she's like, oh, people already think it's him. I'll just, I'll let it go to protect the, the kids more than anything. So I, not, mm-hmm. not as a bad thing. Like I want to protect my kids too, but I think that's a, a larger driving factor in it. But yeah, she definitely wouldn't want to think that at all if she had any in, like inclination that he was a dark friend, right? Yeah. Let me read you another chapter summary from Dragon Mount. Elaine convinces Avienda to our silk for their meeting with the newly arrived high seats. Dylan and Brigitta snipe at each other. Like, oof, this is a this is some interesting stuff here. We're wearing, we're wearing silk and sniping. Yeah, that was a chapter <laughs> I uh, definitely... J- Jake yawning right now is exactly how I felt. Yeah. That was where yeah. I hit up to like 2.5 speed in the audiobook. <laughs> it's a little rough. All right, Matt is our last main point of view. There is some rant, but not a lot of rant. And Matt, maybe we're going to end on a high note here because, Caden, you said you really liked Matt's parts. Yeah, I mean... I, or liked I, to I, some degree. I liked. I liked. Yeah, okay. really like. I don't know. I definitely liked any of Matt's parts in previous books more. 
I I kind of I just like seeing more of his relationship with Tuan, right? At the end, the last book, it was the first time we get anything into her character, right? And mm-hmm. the prophecy with her is what from book three or two. So it's book three, you know, four, four, book four. Um, yeah, book four, book four. It's when and, he goes through the doorway, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in tear, in tear for, in tear first. Okay. Yeah. The tear doorway gives answers. The Viridian doorway gives gifts. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, I mean, prop side for forever, right? Finally shows up, but it's like right near the end of the book. You don't get anything. And so I just liked watching more of that play out and, and find out like, oh, hey, I proposed to this girl and kind of like how the prophecy just kind of like kind of self-fulfilling in a way because he's the one who says it thinking about the prophecy and then it's suddenly like it happens, yeah. right? Which is ironic. It's a very matte way to fulfill a prophecy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of fun to see that, you know, their relationship develop a little bit. Like this is for each of them. The other one is someone who they haven't really dealt with before in their life. And so you can kind of see like both of them off guard a little bit as they develop this relationship, but it kind of, it ends up working by the end, at least a little bit. I like that. It's not just Matt getting run over by her. Like at the beginning, at least in the, the first few chapters of Matt in this book, she's like totally kicking his butt. And just like won't have anything to do with him. So then he yeah. starts giving the gifts to how do you say her name? Felucia or so, so, uh, yeah. Felucia? 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 I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, and then he sees later that the gifts have gone to Tuon. Anyway, so he starts like getting kind of the upper hand a little bit, like back and forth. And I, I like watching that. It's not just like one sided on either side. But they're, yeah, like you're saying, they kind of are battling a little bit, but mm-hmm. becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, it's nice to see Matt kind of like on like kind of uncomfortable, you know, not in his confident self around um, this person. He he seems a little more like peevish, I guess. I don't know. Like he's it's it's just a different way to view Matt, which is fun. And then I think also the like the insight to Shan Chan culture is really cool because you haven't really gotten that. Like a Guinean has been the closest. And but you haven't really like gotten much of that, and hearing it directly mm-hmm. from Tuan with all the confidence she has, I think is really cool. And then at the end, Matt as well goes a little I mean, not as dark as Perrin, but he also has an unfortunate uh, choice where he has to kill one of the Soldom, right? And it, I mean, it's not like Matt hasn't killed people before fighting, so I don't see this as as big of a deal. Where whereas Perrin is cutting off someone's hand basically in in somewhat of a torture situation matt matt's always hated killing women though that's always been yeah i mean there's a list of people who hate killing women in wheel of time (laughs) he's been the most reticent i think you think more than rand rand like recites like the names of people who died like crazy rand recites (laughs) The names of people who died, not just the people he's killed, you know, it's more, it's more of like a guilt thing. Like these people have died because of me. Mm. Whereas Rand is more, he had a hard time, obviously like with land fear, but he also, I don't know, he's killed women more. He's felt bad about it, but I think Matt, it's been more of like this code that he hasn't crossed. I can't think of another time he's crossed that other than no mm. let us know in discord if there's another time i cannot i don't know because there's 
if I remember right, there's a part in book three where book three Rand is kind of off the pages for a long time. And every time he's on page, he's like crazy. Oh, that's where he's, he's he like stacking up, stacking up the bodies. Yeah. yeah and there's a, a woman there. And yep. then I think in that same book, Tom and Matt are traveling in a group of dark friends. Oh, there's them, a dark, and a woman there's a dark there. Friend. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom kills her. And Matt's like, why'd you have to do that? And he's like, she would have killed you just the same as these people. And so to me, there's been this like difference there. Hmm. The, the one thing I really liked about, I like about Matt's character are the dice in his head. Just like the foreshadowing that just like mm-hmm. that provides like the whole time. And then like when they stop, you're like, crap, what did this really mean? Right. He killed her. Okay. What did that mean? What, what were the two paths that we just chose between and what are the consequences going to be? I just really mm-hmm. like that setup type thing that always happens with Matt as things are coming. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And at the very end, Tuan reveals her identity to Val right. and Luca and uh, says their circus is protected. They get a little writ or something. I don't know what's going to happen there. Writ of patronage, maybe from the, from the daughter of the nine moons. Anyway, Tuan's out there. Her, her identity is out there. So now this storyline is going to, prog- to progress quickly, right? Because the, the secret is out of the bag. And once one person knows that the princess of the Shan Chan is, is, you know, just running around the hills of Ranland, like people are going to find out. It feels like in, in the Wheel of Time, we have like the theme of miscommunication, but we also have like the, all the information you don't want to get out gets out to who it should, you know? So yeah, you got both sides of that same thing going on. Yeah. Okay. We haven't talked about Rand very much other than Caden saying that he was going crazy. So he's just kind of hanging out in tear, brooding with Cad Swain. And then uh, Logan and co show up and he gets mad at Logan. And uh, that's like pretty much is what happens with him until the very end of the, the epilogue. When he gets news that he's ready to, they're ready to make a deal with the daughter of the nine moons. So good news, right? Like, like Rand and, and Tuan are going to make a deal. Great. Like so much happened off screen there, right? Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be great. This is, this is there's no problems here. Yeah, you know, still a big giant army and they're invading, but no big deal. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Kaden, what I'm saying is like, is Tuan really in a position to make oh, a deal with well, Rand no. right now? No, no, she's not. So, but I don't think the Chan would, even if they were, like where anyone can make a deal with him, right? Yeah, like, I don't think that's there. So we know that whatever this deal is, like it's, it's starting not. off with a lot of deception because yeah. the daughter of the nine moons is not ready to make a deal with Rand. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I, I, I'm pulling for Loghain more. Okay. Just in general. I was a little mad that Rand got mad at him as much as he did. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, when's the last time you even checked in at the Black Tower? Why are you like- <laughs> yeah. Has he been back since this terrible speech? No, it was so bad. He never went back. <laughs> they made him off like, the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't go back there. Too much shame. So one of the things Loghain does, he shows up and he tells Rand not to trust Taim. I guess this is another this is another situation where we ask you, Caden, what you think about Taim. Well, and maybe think- un- maybe unfair because it's been a while since we've seen him. Well, I think in the I think we the last book revealed like how you know he was trying to kill Rand. So we know Taim is bad. I still like his character, and I wish that he was more of like a. Uh, well, maybe that's kind of what he is. He he wants power. Well, I don't. Okay, yeah. Here's what I think about Taim. I don't think he's a dark friend like working for 
yeah, the Dark Lord or whatever trying to kill Rand. I think he's just like making a power play. And power play. Okay. Yeah. So that I think his his motives are purely selfish, wants power to be in control of everything. So he's kind of he he's a, he's an, he's an Elida type character. Yeah, yep. Yep. That's how I see him. Yeah. Now I could be totally wrong, but that that's how I see him. And so I kind of like him for that. I like his character that way, but a nice added dose of like chaos to everything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know if it's apparent to Rand yet, though, that he was the one who tried to to kill him. I feel like Rand, it's definitely crossed his mind, right? He's like, wait, can I trust anyone? But everyone maybe wanting to kill him has crossed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What makes you, do you think you can trust Loghain when Loghain says, hey, don't trust Taim? Um, like, only like what are Loghain's like, motivations? Loghain. I that's the only thing that makes me want to trust Loghain is Min's viewings of Loghain from earlier on. Mm, true. With true. like the, like that she sees him. I don't know. I think they talk about like glory. Gaining glory. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe the glory is a him. Conquest type. Yeah. Takeover. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Loghain's motives himself are, are selfish, right? Like why would he not be acting in his own best interest? The question is what, I, I'm not sure what, what he's he's going for i don't know i don't know what games i'm excited for you to read the next four books <laughs> i'm excited for you to for to watch the show because Logan is supposed to have like a bigger part yeah earlier on in the show like I, we were looking at the cast today and they've cast someone for the king of gildon and like there's no way you would cast someone for that except like, isn't that where Loghain starts in the beginning of book one? Like, that's yeah, where he comes that's where out he gets captured, as, right? Yeah. So, right. and, and we've seen the see image. We've seen the image of Loghain being, I guess, taken right to taken yeah, to like in a, yeah, in, in some kind of cool looking cage. Yeah. Yes. So I wonder if that that image is actually in Gildon instead of Camelin. And then he passes through Camelin later, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping the show in season one will show him either declaring himself or like the action of him getting captured. I like it. Okay. Anything more about uh, Crossroads of Twilight? Top three, bottom three time? This is going to be a sad top three, bottom three <laughs> moment, I think, of all the, the ones we've done. Because of your incoming picks, Caden? <laughs> I just don't feel like there's a lot to choose from. Okay, I have a few. I have a few to choose from, so I will get us started. So we're right. doing top three and bottom three characters in this book, solely this book, based off their performance. So my top character is going to be Tuan, just because I like her a lot, and it's fun. Like uh, like you said, Caden, we got to see the Shan Chan a little bit more, a little, little more personal, and it I, I really enjoy her and Matt's relationship. Maybe I'll throw Tuan and Matt together in, in kind of slot number one. Just their, their whole storyline here in Crossroads of Twilight. Book, uh, or not book, <laughs> yeah, spot number two is going to be Egwene. Yeah, I mean, she like you say, she's kind of up and down. I think a lot of the characters is kind of a down book for most characters. So the fact that Egwene, you know, did make some good moves, like starting negotiations and, and uh, you know, making some progress against Tarvalon. Like, you know, she, she did all right, and she's still the... The, the Amerlin over there for, you know, for now, we'll see what happens uh, in the next book, but uh, she, she's did enough to deserve a top two spot. And number three is going to be Valen Luca, who has, who has secured a, a writ of patronage from 
this the princess of the Shan Chen, like this is pretty good for him and his circus. I think I can see that argument. <laughs> what did he do to secure that? Nothing. <laughs> well, come on. He he saw the opportunity. He took he took a risk. I think I can do a top and a bottom. And I don't even know who to put for the bottom because I don't I was gonna put Perrin on the bottom just because. Wait, well, you gotta do top. You gotta do top first, though. Top is Egwene for me, for sure. Even though she gets kidnapped, like I don't know. I think her movement is still strong enough to continue. Based on that, I don't know. Maybe not, though. Maybe she shouldn't be a top. (laughs) I've got her at the top and Perrin at the bottom. So you have two characters in your top and bottom three. No, therefore there are four. There are four empty slots. Yeah, four empty slots. Yeah, I have a top and a bottom. That's oof. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a big that's a big oof for Crossroads of Twilight. Caden, <laughs> can you do any better, or is that is that where we're gonna land on this book? <laughs> Steven, it's not fair that you got to go first. You got to choose all the characters that did anything in the book. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I have more of my bottom three than my my top three. I could probably say some you've already said. I'm trying to think. Put Logan in there. You like you like Logan. I did like I do like him, but I don't know like what did he do in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly want to like throw Cadzwain in my top three, just because even though she all she's done is like gain she did gain a little bit more of Rand's trust. Like I think Rand in the end, he's talking, he's like, Oh, I know I need her, which has been a battle for the last several books. And so if anything, not, like yeah, she's not actually, many are trusted. Yeah, so she, I would say she actually has come out on top. And I guess that really happened last book, but you don't see it till this book, kind of. So I'd put her in my top three. Let's see. Um, I, I just got to, let's see. I'll come back to my top three if I think of anyone. Uh, bottom three, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, let's hear bottom, okay. Rena, the uh, Dom who tried to escape because okay. it was a sad, sad escape. Didn't quite, almost there, but just couldn't make it. There's a there's a there's a Game of Thrones analogy if you've seen the show, but I'm not going to spoil it. But another another sad situation where that happens. Am I right, Jake? Yeah, way sad. <laughs> In number two spot, I'm going to put. Uh, see, I'm going I'm to put Egwene. I was really bummed about the getting captured part, and unless that's part of her like bigger plan, I I was just really disappointed by that. I feel like she's she was just so like strong to that point, and it was just disappointing. This is the this is the only that's character true. Jake has put into his top three. I know. I'm I'm, re- I'm regretting it because that's true. Like she had such cool things. I just thought like the like the plan to turn the chains into Quandiar, like so cool. Although it did kind of hurt me knowing like how are you going to reverse this when like your plan is to take over? Sure. Then what are you gonna do? It's one of those like short sighted, but we have can't, to do it. Can't she just you know discover another weave? <laughs> It's just a weave. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like how she handled like the, I feel like she did like really good handling the hall again through the whole Ashraman. Yeah. Should, I, I love that. She did good there. But I think what really did it for me was like her, like her internal speech right before she goes like across. She's like, I am the Omerlin and I must do what other people can't kind of. A, it was just like this like thing. I was like, I just felt kind of the pride not, before the fall. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. like you. You like know going in, this is not going to go well, and it was just yeah. yeah she's the Emerald. She's got to be delegating all of these things. This is not what the leader does. The leader, the leader delegates. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah. 
So, and I like her. I'm not trying to, yeah. And then third, um, I'm going with the uh, the merchants in uh, was it Soul Harbor with the the weevils and their grain. They just like were really pathetic and in the ghost town. Yeah, they could have tried harder. I think even and they just tried harder not to have weevils in their grain. <laughs> no, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or just like their situation. Like I don't know, like get out of there, do something. Um, or you're sitting around waiting to die. Aiden is dissing on the small folk of Randland. <laughs> I am. I am a little bit. I, that's that's the how sad this book is that I, I I don't have a lot to choose from here. So that's what I'm going with. I'll throw a Fayil slash Morgase in the bottom three. They uh, yeah, they didn't do much to help their cause. They they got like one chapter is all, but uh, it wasn't a great performance. They were trying to sneak around. And, uh, and it didn't go well. It didn't go very well. Fayil actually made some progress in the previous book, but but not here. So good luck to them. I also will throw in Iginian. I never know how to say her name. Is that is that close? Iginian? Yeah, Iginian, whatever. Aginian? Anyway, can we know. just call her uh, Leolin Shipless now? Because yeah. um, that was not a... She got into a power struggle with Matt for a bit, and then she got her title stripped from her by Tuan. So she just went downhill like the entire book. So definitely a bottom three character. Which is sad then, I, I, I like her. I like her character. So I was a little bummed by that as well. So this is a character that I've never really connected with in reading the book. Like I, she just seems like such a blank slate to me. Like I could, I don't know anything about her other than just like you know the the basics of her. Um, of her station i cannot remember anything about her personality like she's she's such a boring character but she, she, i feel like she's the only sanchan character i've ever felt bad for like with the position that she's in and like feeling like she because of the secret she knows she's like a, betraying her country or whatever yeah i really like her i yeah, think she's okay. an interest she's in an interesting position that's hard like recognizing that your whole like power structure of your country is like built on lies I don't know. I think that's really cool. She has like the conflicting like loyalties, you know? I think there are more boring minor characters. For some reason, she never stuck with me, but maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I just couldn't get over the fact that I could never pronounce her name. So I never knew what to call her. And so I probably never even said her name out loud until this moment. You got to think more like Bail Doman. I was going to say like Bail Doman. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I like him. Number three bottom character is another duo the duo of avienda slash brigida because hey they were around in the elaine chapters and they did nothing to make it more interesting avienda was wearing silk and brigida was sniping at nobles and this is this is not a good performance let's do let's do something here to make it more exciting and they did nothing for me and i'm putting them in the bottom three because these are characters i like i don't like elaine very much but i like these characters and they could have redeemed um elaine's chapters but they did not they, they did nothing okay i got someone for my top three <laughs> the sea folk okay oh the sea folk sure the sea folk they uh negotiated their their plot of land and i feel like it was well done so that's where you, that's how you know that book 10 is a is a hard read when negotiating a plot of land is in my top three yeah negotiating land and uh and, and poor management of grain yeah. are in Caden's top and bottom three okay well that's our review of, of crosswords of twilight a book that we 
didn't love. But, uh, you know, it's part of the Wheel of Time, which is a series we do love. So on we go. And Knife of Dreams is up next. And uh, Jake, this is one of your favorites. Yeah, Knife of Dream is great. One thing that really bugs me, again, is when people say Robert Jordan just like wrote the story into like going nowhere. And thank goodness for Brandon Sanderson for bringing it back to form. Thank goodness for Brandon Sanderson for being able to finish it because Robert Jordan passed. But Robert Jordan redeems himself 100% with Knife of Dreams, in my opinion. And on subsequent rereads, like understanding book 10 is going to be a slog. But I think, yeah, I think it could have been condensed and it could have been more exciting. But I think all the things that happen there do help make the rest of the series more exciting. And you get some really good payoffs starting in book 11. Even purchasing grain from, from So Harbor? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be more, like, wow. Whoa, I'm so, that place was amazing. <laughs> good thing Good thing. Perrin went to So Harbor to get some uh, supplies. Yep. Yeah. It's all important. <laughs> not, not a single page is, is, is wasted here. Okay. So if you like, if you like what we're doing at Photology, if you like our sarcasm, or, or I don't know if you hate us, whatever, um, you can support <laughs> you can support the show uh, by by talking to us on Discord. Invites are on the episode description, and please sub our YouTube. That's that's our push. By the end of the year, we're trying to get up to a thousand subscribers. We're obviously still a small channel, but we'd like to you know get up to that big one thousand mark. And uh, who knows, maybe YouTube will will mail us a plaque at a thousand. I don't think so, but uh, you know we we can dream. I'll mail you a plaque, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys Caden good luck on the Knife of Dreams are you going to be reading another series before Knife of Dreams is there another Dresden Files that you're going to read entirely before the next Wheel of Time book there is not not I'm actually ready to start Knife of Dreams and as long as it holds up to Jake's uh review of it then I should be good it's okay I it's great I I think you should set the goal before November to finish the rest of the will time to have read them all before the series comes out. And I think it's really doable. All right. Actually, Kaden, have you read new spring yet? I've not. Uh-uh. Okay. Oh, so you've got four yeah. plus one. Is there anything in there? I need to, I need to read. I think that there's going to be stuff from new spring in the show. It seems like it's really focused on Moraine new spring. The prequel is mostly Moraine. Okay. So yeah. I think I will. Like honestly, I don't know, Jake. Do you think he should pause and read New Spring right now? I I wouldn't just because you're of the whole like you've put so much effort into getting through these plot lines and they start to wrap up in the next books. So I need to get the momentum going here. I'm I'm ready yeah. for the yeah. Yeah. And New Spring is fun, but it's not awesome. It's good, but it was written to be, I think he wanted to do a trilogy as a prequel. Yeah. And only wrote the first one. So it's good, but it, it's not like super groundbreaking. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll go through the next four and then and circle back around. Maybe get there before it starts. Yeah. Good luck. That's a that's a lot that's to, like, to finish. It was only like three, 3,500 pages. Yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> two, between two to three months. You can do it, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the TBRs that we always underestimate. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys, uh, see Wheel of Time fans next time. See you later. Thank you. See you guys.